0: You're listening to The OddsCast, the original UFC betting podcast that's straight to the point. Hosted by leading MMA odds maker Nick Kalikas and MMA journalist Brian Heminger, they provide you the absolute best UFC betting info, picks, statistics, and analysis from the most respected authority in mixed martial arts betting.
1: Oddsbreaker.com.
0: Don't place your wagers without us. Welcome to the OddsCast, presented by BetDSI. I'm Brian Hemminger, joined today by leading mixed martial arts odds maker Nick Alikas to break down this Saturday's UFC on ESPN Plus 25 event, which takes place in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. If you're unfamiliar with our format, Nick and I will break down the fight card from top to bottom, providing extensive analysis and a pick for each fight after doing our film study for the event. Looking back at the last event, unfortunately, Kyle Marley had his worst event ever, I think, losing... 14.4 units for UFC 247 after going 0 and 2 on his premium bets. Uh, Kyle still does have a very long track record of success if you've been following him along this past two years. So he does have his bets and fantasy MMA picks available now, hoping to bounce back on MMA Oddsbreaker.com. Back to the present, UFC on ESPN Plus 25 features a 13 fight card in total and will be aired exclusively on ESPN Plus this Saturday night. Let's dive right in. Now, kicking things off on ESPN Plus is a flyweight fight between Mark De La Rosa, who is 11 and 11-3, and Rulin Paeva, who is 18 and 18-3. Now, Nick, where did this fight open, and how has the public shifted
1: things so far? A couple quick shout-outs here before we get rolling. Of course, check out BetDSI.eu. That's our sponsored sportsbook. And the updated odds I'll be quoting is from BetDSI. So make sure you check them out. And as Brian just mentioned, make sure you head over to MMAOddsBreaker.com and click on our premium picks tab. That's where you can find Big Marley 3's plays. He suffered a bump in the road last event, but you know what happens in this business? Always tough, never easy. But overall, his long-term record, as Brian mentioned, is phenomenal. He's up about 250 units the last 20 months or so. So the guy is one of the best in the world. Make sure you head over there and purchase his picks. He's looking to bounce back for the this weekend. Um, that said, let's get right into the card as Brian said. Paiva open minus 125, Delarosa minus 105. And right now looking over at Bet DSI, we're seeing Paiva at minus 238. The comeback on Delarosa at plus 193. So line margins have tightened up a little bit. More action coming in on Paiva. I'm not really that surprised. I think that at minus 125 opening line, you have to go his way. I know this is going to be a competitive fight. I have a lot of respect for both these guys because I think they're both really solid fighters. There's no doubt about it. But again, at almost a pick on price I understand why everybody came in on Peva. I think that's probably the right side here. I think De La Rosa is probably going to want to mix things up a little bit. He does have some good striking. He's fast. Um, He could sting you with some of his punches, no pun intended. Um, That said – he wants to look to transition, get the fight to the floor and utilize his grappling advantage here over Paeva. And I think that's what he really has. But on um, the other end of things, I think Paeva's getting to the point where his takedown defense is becoming so solid. It's hard to take him down. Once you do get him down, he bounces up to his feet relatively quick. He's going to have some length over De La Rosa in this fight on the feet. I think he can be the more effective striker as well. So overall, I think basically he sprawl, brawls, keeps his fight upright. And although it will be competitive, I think Paeva finds a way to win on the scorecards. Um, I don't think he finishes De La Rosa. is tough as nails, but I do think that it will be competitive a competitive back and forth type of battle that Paeva does pull away and win on the scorecard. So my pick is Paeva. For those of you guys that uh, hopped on that minus 125 line, hats off to you. I think you got some tremendous value, obviously. Where the price is now, though, minus 238, I think the value is pretty much gone here at this point. So you got to be careful uh, because I think De La Rosa, again, will be competitive at this spot. So a big difference between minus 125 and minus 238 where it is now. But I do think Paeva wins the fight. So I'm going to pick him to win. Yeah, Paeva's a
0: guy that entered the UFC with a, a huge wave of hype. I think he had about a 12-fight winning streak. And he had success on Contender Series. And then he showed up and lost a close split decision to, to Kaikara France and then got a doctor stoppage in his last fight after getting a, a really nasty cut. So he's, he's really been a bit unlucky so far in his UFC career. And uh, while De La Rosa is talented... Um, my main issue is if he doesn't have the grappling edge in fights, he's probably not going to win. And while he is the better submission fighter than Paiva, Paiva makes up for it with having excellent takedown defense and uh, a really good sprawl and brawl, uh, game plan. That's, that's typically how he likes to fight. He likes to use wrestling in reverse and either get back up quickly or just stuff takedowns and... Force people to, to stand and bang with them. And, and, uh, the stand up is really not De La Rosa's strong suit. If he's forced to do that, he usually loses a decision. So I think that's probably what happens here. I expect Paiva to, to use that wrestling in reverse to, uh, force De La Rosa to, to stand and bang with him. And Paiva is just the better striker of the two. Um, he's throws with a little bit more power. He throws with more volume. He's, uh, the more accurate striker. So, uh Paiva's just the better striker. So I expect that this fight stays standing and Paiva wins either a decision or potentially by knockout, although De La Rosa usually is cautious enough to avoid that. So uh Paiva by decision is gonna be my pick. Now moving up to the women's bantamweight division, we have Macy Chiesan, who is five and one, taking on Shanna Young, who is seven and two. Now, Nick. What's the MMA Oddsmaker's perspective on this one?
1: Chase on open minus 365, the comeback on Young at plus 300. And right now what we're seeing over at BetDSI is Chase on minus 833, the comeback on Young, plus 551. That's minus 833 plus 551. So from 365, shot up all the way to minus 800. That's not a mistake. That's correct. Chason, of course, is the one that's not taking this fight on short notice. Shayna Young is stepping up, um, taking Montano's place. Uh, unfortunate because I really wanted to say Chason and Montano. I know a lot of people aren't the biggest fans of uh, you know, uh Nico Montana, Montano, but that said, I think that would have been stylistically a much better fight than what we're probably going to see here. I think Young stepping in on short notice, you got to Commander for it, but it is going to be a tough test for her. I think Young overall is a solid fighter. She's strong, physically strong, um, has a little bit of power on the feet, is strong enough to get some takedowns, but overall she doesn't really excel at at anything too great. Like she's not going to physically overwhelm you. She's not going to, she's one of those fighters again that's not going to outstrike you to the point where you just can't keep up with her pace, you know, or her power. So there's a lot to. I think it's just basically okay for young, and obviously for uh, on we all know that what the kind of hype she has, Ultimate Fighter winner. There's a lot of high expectations for her. She has that physical frame that's really tough to deal with with her size, and again, her skill set. I mean, she definitely has, you know, some decent technique on the feet. She obviously has some great technique on the ground as well. Overall, she suffered a setback though, and, and I think mentally, it's it's kind of kind of prove something in this fight. She needs to come out here and I think kind of get back what she had before that was just going out there and pretty much destroying most of her opponents. So I think she needs to do that same thing here to get some of that Thunder back, but obviously the Betting window people are not hesitating to support and believe that she can get it done here. For me, I'm obviously going to hesitate a little bit because I think she's a little bit overhyped. I think she is good. She has a ton of potential, but she's really not as everybody thinks at this point. I think she has a lot of growth left to do, but I do think she wins this fight. So I'm obviously not betting it. It's probably a dog or pass situation at this point, but I'm staying away from it. I don't want to waste money either way. So Chaseon probably goes out here, looks decent and gets a, a W here. More than likely, even by finish. I mean, Young's a tough fighter. I think she's going to be difficult for, to finish, but Chason should be able to get the W here and probably inside the distance. So my pick is Macy on to get it done.
0: Yeah, Chaseon is uh, the type of fighter that, is a huge front runner. And, you know, if she is the, the physically stronger fighter, the physically more powerful fighter, she just builds a lead in a fight. And then that just completely overwhelms her opponent. And then she usually will turn that into uh, a TKO stoppage victory. Um, but then you saw her get exposed a little bit in her last fight against Lena Landsberg. I think a lot of people thought that, uh, Chase on was, just gonna dominate Landsberg and, and Landsberg was actually, uh, able to use some good technique and, uh, get the victory. Um and I think, as Nick mentioned, if this had been Chase on against Montano, it would have been a, a very compelling matchup, uh, with a, a definite chance for Montano. But, uh, with Young stepping in instead, uh, I'm just not nearly as convinced that she's gonna be competitive. Um Young, uh, lost her opportunity on, uh, the, the contender series to, to earn a fight in the UFC. And then, uh, she also, uh, lost in the, the Invicta Phoenix Bantamweight tournament. I think the second round. So, uh, she's had two big opportunities to really cement herself as a potential, uh, candidate for the UFC Bantamweight division. And she hasn't been able to do that. Uh, but. By stepping in on super short notice, she just kind of leapfrogged the people that have actually earned that opportunity. So, um, while Young is a, a decent, uh, fighter, I just don't think that she has the skill set to hang with, uh, somebody of Chasen's caliber that is just so physically dominant and powerful and, uh, and, uh i i think uh young just kind of gets ragdolled around a little bit and i think it's just a matter of time before uh chaseon probably tko's her at some point i i just don't think she'll be able to keep up with chaseon although like i said uh chaseon got exposed against landsberg and if young has made some developments um maybe she can have some success but uh i think it's unlikely on such short notice uh, and having never really faced anybody of Chason's caliber so far. So, huge step up in competition for Young, and I think with the short notice, she's probably going to be in trouble. So, uh I think Chason wins pretty one-sidedly. Sticking with the Bantamweight division, moving over to the men's side, we have Casey Kenny, who is 13-1-1, taking on Marab Dvalishvili, who is and 9-4. Now, Nick, where did this fight open, and how has the public shifted things so far?
1: Kenny opened minus 125, Davalashvili opened minus 105, and right now what we're seeing over at DSI is currently Davalashvili minus 161, the comeback on Kenny at plus 135, so line flipped, more action coming in Davalashvili's way, not really that surprised, obviously he's got momentum coming in. Um. Well, and so does Kenny, obviously, as well. So there's this is a tremendous fight, and I'm really looking forward to it. But Dvalishvili, really, in my opinion is definitely one of the better band weights in in the UFC right now in the roster with that kind of ability that he has to put the pace, the pressure, um, the wrestling. And he doesn't have bad striking either. So he he just mixes everything in so well and his relentlessness is just hard to keep up with. And and the takedowns is why everybody's kind of coming in and betting this fight for sure. Now that said, Kenny has a good wrestling background as well. I mean, he definitely has the capability to sprawl, brawl, keep the fight upright. And on the feet, I actually think he could be the more effective striker. So Deveshvili's definitely, I guess, said, really solid in all areas. Um, But I think Kenny, based on the last few performances and the last few fighters he's faced, he's going to be ready to handle what uh, Devashvili has to offer in this fight. Um, He'll be ready for that pace. He'll be ready to stuff some takedowns, I think, along the way. And I think he's going to be able to land some good shots on the feet. So this is going to be a really, really close fight. I've been kind of going back and forth on it. You guys know I've been a big fan of Devashvili since his UFC debut. Um, And again, I see the, the improvements and I see kind of his journey towards a total shot. But Kenny's one of these guys that's, that people sleep on from time to time again. Let's not forget he's supposed to kind of be at flyweight right now. He's supposed to be fighting 125 pounds. He stepped in and in the Bantamweight division took a couple fights basically on short notice and he's done really well against like I said solid competition so I think he's never been better at this point mentally physically I mean he's confident he's ready to go so I'm going to slightly lean towards Kenny I know that's not going to be a popular decision here or opinion I should say but I think it'll go back and forth and I'm thinking this fight probably hits a scorecard with a split decision type of fight so with that said I'm going to lean and go against a public grain here, and I'm going to go with Kenny. I think Kenny um, could do enough to probably steal two out of three rounds, even if Deveshvili's coming in looking for those takedowns, looking for control. I think his basically effective... Um, stand-up game will, and even he could get possibly top position along the way as well. I wouldn't be surprised. He does have some good reversals. Um, but again, I know that's not a popular opinion, but I think Kenny will do enough to probably steal two out of three rounds in a very, very competitive coin flip type of fight. So my pick is Kenny, and obviously at the betting window at this point, it's a dog or pass situation. You definitely
0: should not be underestimating Casey Kenny. I mean, the guy entered the UFC, taking on uh, Ray Borg, and... Ended up pulling off a huge upset against Borg in, uh, Borg moving up to, to Bantamweight and then, uh, turns around and beats, uh, Manny Bermudez as well. And, uh, Bermudez was a guy that had, uh, some hype going in the UFC at the time. So, uh, I believe he, yeah, he handed, uh, so yeah, Bermudez was, uh, 13 and 0 at the time, I think. So this was, uh, guy that has pulled off some very impressive performances already in uh, a short amount of time in the UFC. Uh, that being said, uh, Devalish Beely is uh, an extremely talented wrestler. I mean, this guy has some of the best, I would say, either top two or three takedowns in the band and weight division. Um, extremely powerful, explosive wrestling. He he gets people uh deep on takedowns and just pounds them into the canvas. Um, so in this fight, I think it's going to boil down to will Kenny be able to get back up? Because I don't think he'll be able to stop the takedowns. Um, so it's going to boil down to either, is he going to get back up and force Develish really to have to take him down repeatedly and get tired and use a lot of energy or is, is Kenny gonna be able to catch Vili with a submission off of his back? Because I don't think the stand up is going to be too big of a factor in this fight, and it's going to boil down to the grappling. And while Kenny is the better submission artist of the two, I don't think that he'll be able to reverse on the ground, and I don't think that he'll be able to easily get a, a submission. That being said. Devalishvili did leave his neck out there against Ricky Simone and got tapped within the final second, like literally at like the 15-minute mark of the third round. That's how he lost his second UFC fight. And uh Devalishvili does slow down a little bit. That's how he ended up losing a split decision to Frankie Sainz in his UFC debut. But it does seem like Devalishvili has turned a corner and he's won his last two fights, so these two guys with two ufc wins in a row against each other and i just think you have to favor the wrestler because as talented as casey kenny is i just don't think he stays off of his back in this fight so unless he can wear davalashvili down or tap him out i think it's it's going to be davalashvili's fight to lose so i have to side with davalashvili by decision now moving up to the light heavyweight division, we have Devin Clark, who is 10 and 4, taking on Daquan Townsend, who is 21 and 10. Now Nick, what's the MMA Oddsmakers perspective on this one?
1: Clark open minus 230, the comeback on Townsend at plus 170. And right now what we're seeing over at BetDSI is currently Clark minus 400, the comeback on Townsend at plus 310. So man, those early betters do not let lines that are low lie. And that meaning that obviously at minus 230, there was some value at Devin Clark in that spot. I know Townsend, man, I'll tell you what, you gotta give him credit. He's been a warrior. Taking fights on short notice is his thing. um and he's facing decent competition, hard fights. Obviously he hasn't had that success, but that said, I mean, he does present problems for a lot of people. He's got that, you know, toughness of, he's got the cardio, he's got that determination. He just doesn't have that natural skill to go along with it. Now he's putting in the work and he's got himself to the point where obviously he got a shot in the UFC, so he definitely has some decent skill, not trying to knock him that bad, but that said, He's going to get out class here against Clark as well. I mean, from a technical perspective, from a wrestling perspective, I think Clark has a little bit more speed. He's got some power. Clark's chin is a little bit of a concern, and he does some, you know, knucklehead moves at times or makes some mistakes along the way that's cost him. Um, you know, he's lost fights that he's been winning at times as well. So that's Townsend's path to victory here is, I think, just, you know, landing a shot. He, Clark's going to be winning this fight, and, and Townsend's going to have to kind of land that shot to, to change things and, and make it, you know, finish or drastically just change the complexion of the fight. Um, so it's not going to be an easy fight for Clark, but I do understand why everybody's betting. And now minus 400, obviously where it is now, you got to stay away from it. So I'm going to pick Clark to win. I won't spend more time on this fight. Um, I mean, again, hats off to Townsend for stepping up. I sure know he's taking these difficult fights, but I think it's going to be another loss for him. So my pick is Clark. First of off, I'm surprised
0: that Townsend is still in the UFC. I mean, he basically was brought in to get to get beat by, uh, Dalcha in his UFC debut. And then, uh, then he was brought in to allow Bevin Lewis basically to, to finally, uh, reverse the anti-hype train that had happened with him. And that should have been it. But here he is, uh, less than a month after losing to Lewis and he's, um, taking on, uh, Devin Clark up a weight class on crazy short notice. Uh, the problem is that he's not James Krause and that he's not crazy talented and capable of, you know, doing something amazing on super short notice. Um, so unless he lands a shot out of nowhere, which could happen. uh Clark has lost fights he was winning by getting clipped, uh, most notably in his uh, UFC debut against Alex Nicholson. I mean, he was Dominating that fight and then with three seconds to go in the first round, he got blasted and uh, ended up getting knocked out. So, um, anybody will have a puncher's chance against Clark, but I think, uh, Clark will have, uh, success on the feet and mix in takedowns. And that's really where he has his strength. He's not an amazing wrestler, but he mixes in enough takedowns to be effective and, and help him win decisions. So I think, uh, Clark does get the takedowns here and I think, uh, Townsend will probably lose a decision. So, uh, um, Townsend has a puncher's chance, but that's about it. So Clark is going to be my pick as well. Now dropping down to the lightweight division, we have Scott Holtzman, who is 13 and three, taking on Jim Miller, who is 31 and 13.
1: Now Nick, where did this fight open and how has the public shifted things so far? Jim Miller open minus one twenty five, the comeback on Holtzman at minus one oh five. And right now what we're seeing over at Bet Holtzman minus one forty seven the comeback on Miller plus one twenty three. So line margins have tightened up a little bit. And we are seeing two action coming in this fight, but a little bit more action obviously coming Holtzman's way. We're flipped the line again in this spot. So that said, again, I can understand it. I can understand why. I mean, Jim Miller's looked really solid and it's hard to bet against Jim Miller in his fights. I mean, t- typically speaking, because At one point, let's not forget, the guy was one of the best lightweights in the world, and he still has that skill set. I mean, he's not going to lose the technique. He's just obviously going to get older. He's not fighting at the same level he once was, but he's proven as of late, again, against Gonzalez, against Guida, that he has the ability to finish a fight. If you make a mistake, he's going to hop on your back and submit you. He's going to get you in that guillotine choke and submit you as well. His striking's never been that bad. Um, His conditioning, again, as his kind of career – starts to come to an end and wind down a little bit. His conditioning does suffer at times. He does start to slow down and fight. So I think that's where Holtzman comes into play here. I think Holtzman overall... Is even though they're about the same age, I mean, in fight years, obviously Holtzman's a much much younger fighter. He hasn't, you know, fought the level of competition that Miller has throughout his career, taking them absorbed uh, as much damage, I should say, as well along the way. So there's a lot to like about Holtzman here. He's a fresher fighter. I think that if he can probably weather that early storm in round one, he probably starts taking over in round two, round three. Holtzman's ground defense overall is pretty decent. Um, but again, I mean, Miller's a special type of submission artist at times. I mean, he can submit practically anybody, um, regardless if I could your jiu your is at times if he g- gets the opportunity. So despite Holtzman being decent on the ground, you always have to be wary about that. But on the feet, I think it's going to be relatively competitive. But I just think that Holtzman, as the fight progresses, will start to pull away a little bit as well. He might even get top position on the ground. um Throughout the fight, especially after round one, I wouldn't be surprised, or maybe even gets top position around one. He's, I think he can win the fight from top position along the way. And then basically, like I said, out pointing Miller on the feet and just being the fresher fighter when it does hit the scorecard. So. I'm going to pick Holtzman to win. I understand, again, the early action coming in his way. Um, I think it will be a competitive fight if it's a scorecard, so be cautious there. And again, I think it's basically Miller's main path to victory here is probably getting the submission again. I don't think he probably gets it here. So that said, competitive fight, but I am going to go Holtzman's way.
0: And I feel the same way, although obviously with Jim Miller, the the big threat is the submission. Um, He really has not been... Uh, mixing it up the way that he used to in that he typically, when he was on a roll and was one of the best lightweights in the world, he was holding his own, if not winning fights on the feet with some pretty respectable boxing skills and then either getting takedowns or uh, working for submissions on the ground. But lately it's just been all about the submissions with him. If he wins, he wins by submission. That's been all three of his last wins. So if I'm Holtzman, I try to keep this fight upright. Uh, I try to, uh, utilize the, the pace that Holtzman pushes because, uh, Holtzman actually lands about twice as many strikes per minute as Jim Miller has throughout his career. And, uh, Holtzman actually lands at, a about, uh, the same uh, percentage, if not a little bit better in terms of his, uh, striking accuracy. So. Uh, if I'm Holtzman, even though Miller does have a, a decent history of striking, uh, it feels like Miller's been going away from that lately. So um, I try to keep this upright and just outwork Miller, who has, uh, you know, has had slight chin issues um, in, in recent years. So uh, on the ground... I think Holtzman is a good enough wrestler to get top position, but I mean, why screw around there? Miller is very dangerous on the canvas. Uh, he can work for arm bars, triangle chokes, knee bars—you name it. He's pulled off just about every submission uh, you can you can imagine. Uh, but he's also really dangerous at uh, taking your back and getting a rear naked choke as well. So, um, I mean, if if I'm Holtzman, I, I try to just keep this fight upright and outwork Jim Miller, and I think he's capable of doing that. Uh He's physically strong enough to defend off a takedown, and he should be uh competent enough to avoid uh getting wrapped up in something. So I'm going to side with Holtzman as well. I think he gets the job done. I think he just outworks Miller on the feet. So Holtzman's going to be my pick. Now... Dropping down to the Bantamweight Division, we have John Dodson, who is 20 and 11, taking on Nathaniel Wood, who is 16 and 3. Now,
1: Nick, what's the MMA odds makers' perspective on this one? Man, what an awesome fight. Wood open minus 170, the comeback on Dodson at plus 140. And what you're seeing right now over at BetDSI is currently Wood minus 154, the comeback on Dodson plus 127. So there is two-way action coming in this fight. Line margins have tightened up, and there's two-way sharp action coming in this fight as well. So we saw the line start to creep up a little bit on wood. Now we're starting to see the line creep back down a little bit. Obviously with action coming in Dotson's way again. There is two-way sharp action coming in this fight. Um that's why you're seeing the line kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit. So that said, I mean you gotta respect both sides of this for sure. I think it's gonna be a competitive fight. I think It's interesting because Wood is definitely facing one of the best fighters he's ever faced in Dotson. I know a lot of people are writing Dotson off. He's more of a gatekeeper right now at 135 pounds, unfortunately for him. But man, what a tough gatekeeper he is. Um, I mean, because he does have that speed. He does have that power. Obviously, he's got that wrestling that in most cases he's able to keep the fight upright. He's very difficult to take down and hold down. Um, And again, he could just start you with one quick punch. I mean the guy has that kind of knockout power. So Wood has to be careful everywhere this fight takes place. I mean you can look at some negatives with Dodson. Obviously his activity level does slow down a little bit at times and he doesn't uh he's not as active as you'd like to see him. Um truth be told, you know, I, Brian and I were talking about this a little bit off air. We're surprised that he, you know Dotson did not bounce back down to the flyweight division, especially after Demetrius Johnson uh, made his exit out of the UFC. Because I mean, he could have been a, a relevant player at 125 pounds. But again, who knows what the state of the flyweight division is? That said, here I mean, so we're not sure where Dotson's mind is here. I mean, is he competitive enough to want a title shot one day at the, in the bantamweight division, or is he just kind of getting in here to cash paychecks? Now that said, if he's getting in there to cash paychecks, it doesn't mean he doesn't want to win this fight. Obviously, he's going to fight to win always. So, But I still think you have to lean a little bit more towards Nathaniel Wood here. I mean, even if it is going to be as tough as fight to, de- to date, I think that Wood um, can hold a higher pace. He can uh, be the one that's kind of pinning Dotson up or trying to slow him up a little bit, try to get those takedowns and kind of win some of the grappling exchanges if that's possible with Dotson. Very difficult, like I said. But again, he could kind of slow the fight up enough to maybe sway the judges in a competitive fight. So I do think Wood um, is right now Probably a little bit better than Dotson, especially as far as a point fighter goes. I think he can outpoint point Dotson on the scorecards and edge him out and get the win here. So I'm going to pick Nathaniel Wood to get it. Again, kind of gatekeeper type of role for Dotson. And I think Wood kind of barely passes the test, but I think he does get it done on the card. So my pick is Wood, but definitely have to respect John Dotson as well. I feel like I say this
0: every time we uh, preview a John Dotson fight, but I mean, the guy is just insanely athletic and talented. And he just doesn't utilize it uh, because he has so much power in that left hand, but he's capable of so much more uh, because he's so fast he's got the power and he could have uh, a really high uh, activity rate and he just doesn't do that nearly enough he just kind of waits for those opportunities to land a big left hand and if they don't come or not enough left hands land. He ends up losing close decisions, uh, because he just gets outpointed. Um, Dotson does have, a, you know, a, a really good chin and he is very, very difficult to finish, but, uh, again, he just, he loses decisions. And I think that's probably what's going to happen here. Even though Dodson it's probably uh the much more dangerous striker than Wood, uh Wood is uh, a lot bigger. He's a lot longer. And he actually is a pretty decent striker. So as long as Wood pushes a good tempo, uh, the fact that Dodson sits back and just waits for those opportunities to land the big left hand should allow Wood the opportunity to uh, outpoint him over the course of three rounds. Uh, typically, Wood looks for takedowns in top position and submissions, but John Dodson is very, very good at fending off takedowns or getting back to his feet when taken down. So I think that that's going to be very difficult for Wood. So I think the smart play for Wood is just to outwork Dodson while trying to avoid that big left hand. And as long as he does that, he should be in an okay shape. Uh, the main issue is uh Wood has been clipped in the past and put on a uh, queer street. So if he does get hit and uh Dodson actually follows up with it, he could knock Wood out. I think that's the biggest concern because I don't see Dodson winning a decision, but I could see Dodson winning by knockout. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, if that big shot doesn't land, then I think the fight goes to Wood's way. So Wood is also going to be my pick. Now, moving up to the welterweight division, we have Tim Means, who is 29-11-1, taking on Daniel Rodriguez, who is and 10-1. Now, Nick,
1: where did this fight open, and how has the public shifted things so far? Means opened minus 190 to come back on Rodriguez at plus 150, and right now what we're seeing over at BetDSI is, is currently means minus 286 the comeback plus 228 in rodriguez so line march have tightened up more action coming in means as way again under two to one i understand completely why everybody hopped in hopped on tim means early on i mean stylistically this is a nightmare matchup for rodriguez means has fought in so much better competition i know rodriguez got the w uh monica tender series fight i mean he has a really good record overall um, I believe it's 10 and one or so he's got knockout power on the feet for sure. He's got wrestling to go along with it as well. So he is a pretty decent fighter and you cannot take him lightly, but I just think this is a big step up in competition for him. And like I said, I don't think it's anything new to means. I mean, he's faced much better competition in the past. So, I mean... Rodriguez is going to have to, again, kind of go out there and blast him early on, I think, to catch means and rock him and, uh, knock him out to win this fight. Or he's going to have to get takedowns consistently, um, for three rounds to kind of make it a boring, ugly type of fight there. But I don't think he's going to be able to hold means down that long. Um, I think means is going to have, you know, find success keeping this fight up right along the way and have success on the feet as well. So I think just means beats Rodriguez up. He does have to be cautious though. Again, Rodriguez does have that kind of power that can just change the complexion of, of the fight with one punch. So he does have a puncher's chance. It's kind of, I mean, I want to uh, approach this with cautious, a, a caution a little bit because we can, it kind of reminds me a little bit, different type of matchup, of course, but Morono and Chaos Williams um, of, from last weekend. I mean, this is one of those scenarios. Chaos Williams came out and just on fire, came out aggressive right away, caught Marono and put him out early. I mean, uh, that's, I think Rodriguez has to like almost follow that same blueprint here to get, get rid of means early on in this fight. Uh But I don't think it's going to play out that way. I don't think Rodriguez is kind of that as aggressive, I should say, as a guy like chaos Williams, but that's the kind of game changing power Rodriguez does have. So that's why I'm kind of putting that comparison in there. We've seen savvy vets um just as recent as last week with Morano get beaten in a spot like this as well. So that said, I find it hard to believe that Means would lose to Rodriguez, though. He's just the better fighter overall. So I think Means does find a victory here, probably even maybe finds a finish over Rodriguez along the way. Um, So I mean, not much more to say about this fight. Rodriguez probably suffers a defeat, even though he's stepping up on uh, short notice to take this fight. So you got to take your hat off to him for taking this fight against a very tough opponent. But Means should get it done here. So my pick is Means at the current price at almost three to one still a little bit of value, I think, probably. I mean, it's at least parlay material type of, uh, situation there. Because again, at minus 190 and then kind of laying almost three to one straight, I don't think that's a great idea. But if you're looking to throw maybe means in a small parlay, I don't blame you for that either. So my pick is 10 means. And
0: I'm right with you. Um, yes, Daniel Rodriguez is, you know, nine and one, 10 and one or whatever. But, uh, my main issue with him is, as Nick said, he really hasn't faced anybody and, uh Tim Means is a uh, tough out for somebody making their their UFC debut. Um what Rodriguez does well is he mixes in uh takedowns to go along with the, the striking. And if there is a path to victory for Rodriguez, he just needs to repeatedly get takedowns, secure top position and not screw around too long on the feet because uh um, Means is the better striker of the two. Means puts together good combinations, he has power and I think if Rodriguez does screw around on the feet too long, then he's asking for trouble. And he kind of did that in his contender series fight, if you remember. Um Rodriguez had success uh getting repeated takedowns in that fight, but then he also stood and banged for no reason in a fight that he was getting consistent takedowns against Farrington. So that actually is a... Uh, you know, an issue with him for me because if he's having success with takedowns and then he decides to screw around and, uh, stand and bang with Tim means I think that that's asking to get knocked out. Um, also even though Rodriguez has a pretty good record, it's not like he's coming in as some, you know, hot shot young super prospect. I mean, he's 33 years old. So, uh, I, I just don't expect. That he's just going to be coming in and making this huge impact in the UFC. I think he'll, he'll have his moments against uh, some lower tier fighters, but, uh, Tim Means is a, a pretty tough out for your UFC debut. So, uh, I'm going to side with Means. I think he gets the job done on the feet. I think he fends off the takedowns enough. And I think Rodriguez decides to stand and trade because it's going to be exciting for the crowd and it's going to be to his detriment. So. Uh, my pick is going to be Tim Beans as well. Now moving on to the main card, we have a lightweight contest featuring Yancey Medeiros, who is 15 and 6, and Lando Vanetta, who is 10, 4, and 2.
1: Now Nick, what's the MMA Oddsmakers perspective on this one? Madera's open minus 170, the comeback of Manetta, plus 140. Right now, what we're seeing over at BetTSI is exactly a pick fight, minus 110 either way. So again, plus 140 of Manetta, those of you guys that came in and scooped up that value, I understand it. Hats off to you again. Ruin the line for the rest of the people that uh, want to bet a little bit bigger, though, unfortunately, which sucks. But that said, I do think it's going to be a fight that uh, people are going to obviously love because, I mean, it just has fireworks written all over it. Medeiros obviously wants to stand and bang in this fight. Uh, He's going to be the longer striker. He definitely has some knockout power. He's got great takedown defense overall. But on the feet, he is susceptible. He does get hit, especially the body as well. We've seen that in the past. And he's a bit shinny. I mean, let's face it. So this is a dangerous fight for him. Vanetta, on the other hand, has really good wrestling. Obviously, he's got some... Outstanding striking, the ability to spin on you, you know, land those kicks. Um, the unorthodox angles that he uses with the striking technique has power on the feet as well. Um, so he brings a lot to the table in this matchup as well. It's not going to be easy to out wrestle Medeiros and get him down and grind him out like that. I mean, Medeiros has proven time and time again that it's very difficult to do that, but I think Veneta does have a path to victory. Even though Medeiros is dangerous on the feet, I think Veneta can possibly land that knockout blow or rock them enough to uh, get this fight to the ground and, and have success there as well. So I'm actually leaning towards Veneta and a pick em price. There probably is a little bit of value um, that way as well. But I mean, there is definitely some flaws both these guys um veneta does start to slow down as the fight progresses a little bit uh, i think people are jumping off his bandwagon just a little bit here as well because i mean he's suffering some losses and a lot of people were thinking sky's the limit for veneta um, a lot of hype behind madera's too uh, you know when he made his ufc debut so these guys are kind of letdowns uh, according to most of the public fans out there what they thought their opinion would be of these guys and what their tra- at least trajectory was at one point um they've definitely been derailed to say the least but that said an impressive win, you know, over either fighter here. The guy that gets a W here is definitely on the on the right track back towards um, getting that respect back. So that said, I think it's going to be Vanetta. I think he has more ways to win this fight. I think even though he's had some tough fights recently, um, again, I think he could find success against Madero's here in this spot in several ways. So my pick is Vanetta. And at pick him price, I wouldn't go nuts here, but there might be a little bit of value left that way as well. Yeah, this is definitely a. Uh...
0: This one could be a trap fight, because as we know with Lando Veneta, he's a guy that starts really strong in fights and then struggles. Uh, I mean, there's a reason he's got two draws. It's because he was crushing his opponent, and then he ends up uh, giving up the next two rounds. So uh, this time around, you know, Yancy Maderos is the type of guy that has poor striking defense. He can get hurt. But potentially can bounce back after getting hurt. So there is definitely a possibility that Veneta, you know, clobbers Medeiros in the first round and then Medeiros bounces back and wins the next two rounds, it turns into a draw or something or, or finishes Veneta along the way. Um, also, uh, you know, Medeiros, he, he is a, a dangerous guy even when hurt. So, Um, I think Veneta does need to, to to exercise a little bit of caution and restraint here, uh, because yes, he could win in 30 seconds, but he could almost win in 30 seconds and then blow the fight. So, uh, that's my biggest concern here because, uh, Medeiros is, uh, a guy that's dangerous, but very beatable if you exercise caution. So, uh, I'm gonna side with Nick. I think uh Vanetta does get the job done. I think he's the better striker here. He's got the better takedowns. Um, and as long as he does not blow his all of his energy in the first round, uh he should be able to pull this out. Um this is a winnable fight for him. He just needs to uh you know not get too excited. So uh Lando Vanetta is gonna be my pick. Now Dropping back down to the flyweight division, we have Ray Borg, who is twelve and four, taking on Rogerio Bontorin, who is sixteen and one. Now, Nick, where did this fight open,
1: and how has the public shifted things so far? Borg minus one forty-five, Bontorin plus one fifteen. That was the opening line, and what we're seeing right now over at BetDSI is currently Borg minus one fifty-four, the comeback plus one twenty-seven on Montoren. So line margins have tightened up a little bit. There is two-way action in this fight as well. It's been kind of bouncing back and forth, and it'll continue to be that way. I mean, this is definitely a popular fight amongst the diehards. Everybody looking forward to this fight should be interesting. Of course, Borg's path of victory, as we all know, is his outstanding grappling. I mean, the guy does not have a bad stand-up game, though. I mean, he mixes things up well on the feet. He has speed. He's got a little bit of power. He mixes in kicks well with his boxing. Um, Again, hard to Catches angles because he moves so well on the feet. He's a little spark plug, so he's definitely tough to deal with on the feet. But it's his grappling, it's his takedown, and wrestling ability, and his jiu-jitsu ability that wins him fights more times than not. So Bontorin's going to have his hands full. He's going to have to sprawl, brawl, keep this fight upright, and have success whether it's in the clinch and land some devastating knees, elbows. Um, use, utilizing that boxing advantage that he's going to have, he's going to have a little bit of reach here as well. So I think this is going to be an interesting fight. I think Bontorin's made the improvements that he's needed to make along the way, where he is going to have uh the ability to stuff some takedowns from Borg, keep this fight upright, especially as the fight goes on a little bit too as well. And I think he is going to be able to land the cleaner strikes and outpoint Borg in a three-round fight. So this is going to be another split decision type of fight. In my opinion, it's going to be really close because it's going to be Borg's relentless pace and wrestling and the the ability to take this fight to the ground that could win him the fight on the scorecards. Or it's going to be Bontorin sprawling, brawling, keeping his fight upright, and just landing the better blows on the feet and and delivering a little bit more punishment along the way um, to Borg. So I think it's probably going to be a type of toss-up fight, so it's a dogger pass situation. You cannot lay the chalk in this fight against, especially against a surging fighter like Montorn. I think the guy has definitely faced some decent competition throughout his career. Obviously, Borg has as well. But I think he's coming into his own, and I think he's really just improving at the level that you want to see in a fighter in his spot right now. So I'm not going to go against the grain with him. I think Montoran has a legit shot to pull this win off, even though Borg is going to be one of the toughest fights he's ever had in his life. So the pick is going to be Montorin and it's a dog or pass situation here for me as well.
0: Yeah. My main concern here is uh making weight. You know, Ray Borg has missed weight three times in his career, including at weight two fights ago. So, he's returning to the flyweight division and i don't know if he's going to be able to pull that off. This is a guy that just has had a lot of difficulties making that weight cut. And if he's able to make the weight cut successfully and you know does not completely drain himself, i think that he can pull this out. Uh Bontorin is a good fighter, but uh i think Borg is better than Bontorin on the ground. I think Borg has the better wrestling of the two. Um i think Borg would win scrambles on the canvas and Borg has made enough, uh, progress in his stand up that he's not gonna get blown out on the feet while looking for takedowns. So I think, yes, Bontorin will probably have the edge in the stand up portion of the fight, but, uh, Borg is not gonna get blown out and it will create openings for takedowns because uh, Bontorin's not just going to be lighting him up for 15 straight minutes. So uh basically, yeah, if Borg has a good weight cut, I think he's going to be fine. But, you know, if he completely blows the weight cut and comes in uh overweight or whatever and just gets demoralized, um, I could see Bontorin getting the better of him. But uh, I think hopefully that all the drama that Borg's had in his personal life with his family and his, uh, child, you know, I'm hoping he's put that behind him and he's focused and ready to roll. And if that is the case, then I think he's going to be in good shape here. And I think he gets the job done. But, uh, again, Bontorin could clearly, uh, outpoint him over the course of three rounds, but I do think Borg is the better ground fighter. And I think that will be what happens here. So Borg is my pick. Now, moving up to the lightweight division, we have a pair, we have a UFC newcomer in Brock Weaver, who is 14 and four, taking on Rodrigo Vargas, who is 11 and three.
1: Now, Nick, what's the MMA oddsmaker's perspective on this one? Weaver opened minus 190 to come back on Vargas at plus 150. and Now what you're seeing over at Bettsi is Weaver minus 278 to come back on Vargas at plus 224. So line margins have tightened up. Everybody scooped up the value at under 200 again at, on Weaver and this spot here. I mean, look, Weaver had his hands full. If you look at the contender series fights uh, that he had against Smith, I mean, that was definitely a, a fight that he had to dig deep and he was up against it against a very good talented wrestler. I um, mean, he did what he had to do. I mean, he weathered that early storm and he dug deep and he showed that he does have some good stand-up, does have the ability to um, sprawl, brawl, keep the fight upright when he has to. He has a good ground game as well. And he's just tough as nails, man. He has that fighter instinct that you love to see and and that you want to back more times than not. And Vargas, on the other hand of it, he's not bad. I mean, he's definitely getting better. I don't think he's ever been um, as good as he, is, as he is right now in his career. If you look back at some of his fights, obviously, before the UFC, um, I think Vargas is definitely coming into his own. But that said, it wasn't good enough to get him done um in his last fight so but a different matchup here, of course. In this fight, I think it will be a little bit more competitive, and it's a more winnable fight for Vargas. But I still think Weaver's just going to be a step ahead. I mean, Vargas has some decent striking ability, um, definitely can hurt you with his kicking or his punching. I mean, he, he definitely has good, clean technique. Um, he has the ability to wrestle a little bit as well. But more times than not, he does get put on his back, and he gets out grappled by superior competition. I think Weaver, again, will be a step ahead of him, even on the feet. I think he will, he'll be able to have success at outpoint Vargas. And then again, mixing things up with the ground and everything, I think Weaver does have have the advantage here as a whole. So my pick is going to be Weaver where the betting line is right now. I would probably stay away. I don't think there's any value left on Weaver here. I understand again, there's you guys that came in and and hopped in under two to one, but at closer to three to one, I would stay away. Vargas is going to probably be competitive and put up a fight. So not worth it. So my pick is Weaver to get it done though. Weaver is an interesting
0: case. I think uh, he's a guy with uh, some, some talent and uh, entering the UFC with a pretty good momentum. So, uh, especially after a strong performance on contender series against, uh, Rashad Evans' protege there. So I think that he's gonna, uh, put on a pretty good performance here. It seems like the, he's in a position to not just win, but to, uh, win impressively because, uh, I'm really not that impressed with Vargas. Uh, I just think he's kind of, uh, a, a ho-hum type of fighter at, uh, 34 years old, having already lost his UFC debut against, uh, Alex Da Silva. Um, I mean, he is a combate veteran and he does have a a couple decent victories, but I just think, uh, Weaver is going to get the better of him on the feet. And it seems like Weaver's, uh, made some strides with his ground game as well. Um, he does have a decent takedowns and uh, a little bit of a submission game going as well. So I just think uh Weaver is going to be the the better striker and potentially the better grappler and I just don't think Vargas has that much to offer other than uh landing a big shot because uh he does have, you know, uh good, you know, head kicks and and some power. So but if that doesn't work, I just don't think he uh, is going to be able to get the win. So, uh, I think the most likely outcome is uh, Weaver picking up a, a strong uh, victory in his UFC debut. Now, dropping back down to the women's flyweight division, we have Montana De La Rosa, who is ten and five, taking on Mara Romero Barella, who is twelve and six. Now, Nick.
1: Where did this fight open and how has the public shifted things so far? De La Rosa opened minus 215, the comeback Umbrella plus 175. And right now what we're seeing over at BetDSI is De La Rosa minus 172, the comeback plus 143 Umbrella. So my line margins have tightened up a little bit more actually come into Borella's way. This should be a good fight. I mean, there is two action in this fight as well. Obviously, Montana De La Rosa is going to get some action back here as well. But, I mean, I think a lot of people see what they see in De La Rosa. They see that on the feet, I mean, she is getting better. She's improving. Her boxing is definitely um, something you have to be a little bit concerned about. But against somebody on a higher level in that department, which Barella here in this spot, believe it or not, even though she's not known as a beast on the feet or whatnot, Barella should have the striking um, edge in this fight here over De La Rosa. De La Rosa's defense is, is what bothers me a little bit. Her offense is getting better, but she still gets tagged. She still gets busted up. She still gets, you know, blighted up in fights. And that's not a good look for the judges. So De La Rosa definitely has to get this fight to the ground and most fights to the ground and just utilize her outstanding wrestling and grappling game. Um, against, especially against an opponent like Barella. Barella lo- does like to get the fight to the ground at times as well, utilize top position. She, she's a strong girl. She definitely has a power and not the easiest out. So this is going to be a competitive fight. I don't think it's going to be an easy, um, uh, fight for De Rosa here. Obviously, that's why everybody's coming in on, on Barella as well. But that said, I still think it is going to be De La Rosa that gets her hand raised because I think it is going to be the takedown games. I think it is going to be her control overall against Barella that wins her the fight. So she's going to do enough on the feet to keep it competitive, and she's going to mix in her takedown game and her grappling ability to uh, win this fight. So De La Rosa's ground game is enough to win it for me. Uh, Now, at the betting window again, um, as the fight drops even more, there might be some value that opens up. Or even right now, I mean, where it's at, I think it's, kind of a tough bet here right? I think it's a favorite or pass situation but I would probably still stay away because I do expect a competitive fight and as we've seen as of late especially man I mean the judging has been horrific at least it's getting some attention now and it's being put more on the forefront a lot of coverage on it as well but that's this is the type of fight they could get blown by the judges as well you know so that's why I'm even bringing this up so another competitive fight um that I think the judges might get wrong here as well but I'm going to pick Delarossa to get it done
0: what I think is actually uh, most compelling about this fight is the fact I think this might be the first time ever there's been a husband and wife combination on the same card. Uh, De La Rosa's husband, uh, Mark, is, you know, fighting in the first fight of the night. So uh, that being said, in this fight, um, I think De La Rosa is definitely the better ground fighter, even though Barella typically likes to take fights to the floor as well and uh, get top position and work her opponents over. Uh, De La Rosa has, I think, the better uh, wrestling. I think De La Rosa has the better scrambling, and I definitely think she has the better submissions. So if she can get this fight to the floor, she's going to win. But uh, Barella is the better stand-up fighter, Again, neither fighter likes to stand that much, so I don't think that this is one of those, uh, you know, two grapplers take on each other and it turns into a crappy striking battle. But if it does, I would favor Barella to outpoint, uh, De La Rosa. She's, she's a little bit better defensively, um, she has a slightly better output, so I just think, uh, she would have a little bit more success there, and De La Rosa is more hittable. Um, so I think De La Rosa just needs to work aggressively to get this fight to the floor. And if she does, she's going to win. If she can't, then it's going to look a lot like uh, her last fight against uh, Lee. Although Barella's not as talented of a striker as Lee. So I don't think De La Rosa gets beat up as much. But I, uh, I do think De La Rosa needs the takedowns to win. And I think she gets them. So De La Rosa is going to be my pick. Now moving on to the co-main event of the evening, we have Diego Sanchez who is 29 and 12 taking on Michael Pereira who is 23 and 10. Now Nick, what's the MMA makers perspective on this one?
1: Pereira minus 165, Sanchez plus 135. That was the opening line. And right now what we're seeing over at BetDSI is minus 167 Pereira. Comeback plus 137 for Sanchez. So line stayed about the same. And uh, appropriately said, it looks like right now, um, I still think it's a little bit low. I I understand. Look, Pereira is one of those guys. It's a front runner. He goes out there acting all crazy, has the flashy athleticism, the dangerous techniques with the cartwheel kicks and all the, you know... Unorthodox, like I said, techniques he throws on the feet, but does have that power and, and does have that ability to finish fights for sure and is definitely a threat everywhere the fight takes place. So you cannot sleep on him. But Sanchez obviously being the savvy vet that he's, that he has been throughout his career. Um, he's faced everything there is to face. Well, you know what? Again, if you're going to look at somebody that is maybe outside of the box, then all the, High-level competition that Sanchez is facing it might be a guy like Pereira with, the, you know, the the backflip mounts that he tries to do and all the sorts of craziness. Like I said, so this is definitely going to be a different fight for Sanchez. But that said, I mean, he is the savvy vet, and, and if he Finds a mistake from Pereira, he's gonna take advantage, get on top and probably utilize that ground game because he does have an edge over Pereira on the ground and as far as wrestling goes as well. But um that said, I still think it's a dangerous fight for Sanchez. I think Pereira ends up getting a highlight real finish. I mean, Sanchez has been around the sport for a while. He is a bit chinny. I understand that he's had some success off and on as of late as well. But in this fight here, man, I mean, this is basically, they're tossing up a, a really slow pitch for Pereira to hit out of the park here, in my opinion. I know, and again, a, a very, amazing career Sanchez has had and a a very respectable name, but I mean, he's exactly what he is right now. And that's a gatekeeper here. And I think Pereira is going to go out there and just kind of light him up early on in this fight and and make it look like he was a 500 favorite in this spot. So I do think that that's probably the way this fight ends up. So for me, it's Pereira by knockout. I think he does get a flashy win here and and it kind of opens up some eyes again, but make no mistake as I said, there is a path to victory for Sanchez, and obviously the line's competitive for a reason. As this fight progresses, I mean, Pereira is more of a front runner. Sanchez could definitely take over and definitely fight smart and, and utilize his advantages, especially on the ground, to get this W here as well. So it's not a home run completely, but I do think Pereira should get it done more times out. So my pick is Pereira, and at the current line, there probably is a little bit of value on him as well.
0: Yeah, Pereira is just an absolute madman. I mean, you watch this guy fight, and he just pulls off the craziest stuff, uh, whether it's that, you know, jumping knee or... I mean, his last fight, he literally did like a springboard backflip attack. So, you just never know what's going to come with this guy. And, yes, that also comes with a lot of risk because uh, he uses a ton of energy for no reason whatsoever. You know, he's always dancing and breakdancing and doing all this ridiculous stuff and... Uh, that's going to leave opportunities for Sanchez because, uh, while Sanchez is not as good of a striker as Pereira, he still does have some takedowns and he still has a lot of energy and he still can, uh, push a high tempo. So if Pereira wastes a lot of energy, uh, going for a lot of ridiculous crap in the first round, then I could see Sanchez, uh, Surviving and then winning the next two rounds and winning a decision. There's going to be opportunities for Pereira to get the knockout because Sanchez's chin isn't what it used to be. Uh, he's been finished, uh, multiple times now, uh, by superior strikers and Pereira is definitely the superior striker here, um, with, uh, Sanchez having been knocked out by, you know, Aya Quinta, Lozon, Matt Brown, and then uh, losing that last decision to, to to Chiesa. So there is a huge opportunity for Pereira to do something incredible and uh, finish uh, Sanchez in highlight reel fashion. But there's also a huge risk, like I said. So um, I'm going to pick Pereira, but I would absolutely not be shocked one bit if Pereira blows this and gets taken down and ends up on his back for the last two rounds and loses a decision along the way because that's just the type of fighter he is. That's what happened in his last fight where he was a huge favorite and wasted a lot of energy and ended up uh, dropping a decision to Connolly. So Pereira is my pick, but I'm definitely going to exercise caution here. Now, moving on to the main event of the evening in the light heavyweight division, we have a rematch between Corey Anderson, who is 13 and four. And he's taking on Jan Blackowicz, who is 25 and 25-8. Now, Nick,
1: where did this fight open, and how has the public shifted things so far? Anderson opens minus 145, the comeback on Blachowicz at plus 105. And right now, what we're seeing over at SI is currently minus 213 on Anderson, the comeback on Blackowitch at plus 174. So line marks have tightened up more action coming in Anderson's way. Of course, at minus 145. Again, it's a no-brainer. I mean, these guys have been in the cage against each other before, so it is the second time they're meeting. And since their first meeting, I mean, Anderson did control that fairly well. He was able to utilize his strength, which is getting the fight to the floor and basically control his way to a victory there. And, you know, Blackwich, there wasn't much he could do about it. Anderson was able to do what he wanted to do in that fight, and he had success doing so. So Blackwich is going to have to change things up drastically here, stay off his back, and he's going to have to try to clip that chin of Anderson if he's going to want to win this fight. So, But again, as I said, both fighters have honestly looked a lot better since their uh matchup against each other, both of these guys have reeled off some great quality wins to the point where the winner of this fight realistically could get a, the next title shot against John Jones. I mean, that's where they put themselves in this spot. So both guys deserve to be here. Both guys have, have gotten better along the way, and they're hungry to fight here. And obviously, you cannot count Blackwich out in this spot because, like I said, if he's able to keep the fight upright, he does have really good striking. I think overall, he's probably the better striker, even though Anderson's getting better on the feet as well. He does have good boxing. Um, he obviously comes from a great camp. Henry, Mark Henry and crew have gotten him a lot better. He's not just a wrestler anymore. I mean, he's fighting smart, but the concern with Anderson is always that chin. It doesn't matter if he's winning the fight. I mean, it could be round four and he's up four zero and he gets clipped and possibly put out. So you can never completely trust Anderson's chin. That's the biggest flaw with him. I mean, obviously all fighters start to slow down and he's showed some of that in the past as well. But overall, it's that chin that I'm concerned about the most with Anderson. So if his chin holds up, he wins this fight. I mean, I know it is, again, a five round fight. Um, it might start to get interesting as it goes because both these guys, um, they dig deep and they're capable of obviously potentially going that, you know, the distance here as well. But um, it's going to be interesting as it goes to see who, who makes a mistake or how the fight kind of plays out. But overall, I still think it's Anderson's fight to win or lose here. And I think he should be able to replicate a lot of the success he had in the first fight even though Blackwich knows what's coming, if that makes sense. So the pick is Anderson and at the price right now, I wouldn't bet it though. I, you know, I said it's going to be a pretty clear cut, um, when I think for Anderson, but I mean, the opener is one thing at minus 145 and now what you're laying, I'm over two to one on a price that you could have grabbed at that time, at that low, I mean, I do think you have to respect Black, which his improvement level got to the point where you do have to, uh, to trust that he can maybe possibly uh, do better than most of us think and, and get this fight won by a knockout. So that's what I'm saying. You cannot just blindly have that kind of confidence over Anderson and just totally count Blackowicz out at over 2-1. to So the line is where you want to bet. If the line dips back under 2-1, to there might be a little bit of value on Anderson. But where it's at right now, it's kind of unfortunately a stay away from point for me. So my pick is Anderson to win and what hopefully is a good fight. And I expect Anderson to win as well. I mean, the last time these two men
0: fought, Anderson obliterated Blackowicz. I mean, he basically just took him down and tore into him with ground and pound over the course of three rounds. It was a one-sided shellacking. So the fact that even Blackowitz rebounded to become a player in the light heavyweight division, you know, blows my mind. But here he is having won uh, six of his last seven fights and he's pulled off some uh, pretty good performances. I mean, he's got wins over quality opponents in Cannoneer, who's now uh, a top contender at middleweight, uh, Manoa. Uh, Krylov, Luke Rockhold, the former middleweight champion, and uh, uh, Jacare Souza, the former uh, top contender at middleweight as well. So, uh, Blackowitz is clearly uh, a player here, but you just have to remember what happened last time, and, and he just could not stop the takedowns. And he ended up getting completely dominated in that fight. That was honestly one of the best performances by Corey Anderson ever, probably until Corey Anderson's last fight, because Anderson's really never been known as a a very good striker. He's been competent, but that's where he's been most vulnerable as well, where uh, Anderson doesn't have the greatest chin, so he gets hit with something real nasty, and that's how he's been, he's lost fights throughout his career. Uh, but in his last fight uh, against Johnny Walker, Anderson actually caught Walker and then stayed composed and then just tore into Walker and ended up getting an impressive uh, standing TKO. So uh, I don't think anybody expected that. I mean, I thought if Anderson was going to win, it was going to be because of his wrestling. He was going to take him down and beat him up. But uh, he actually showcased some uh, pretty improved striking and some good power in that fight. Hopefully... That doesn't make him cocky enough to think that he should just stand and bang with uh, Blachowicz. Because I think Blachowicz is one of the better strikers in the light heavyweight division. He's a very dangerous stand-up fighter. And if uh, Corey Anderson tries to go three rounds with him or five rounds with him on the feet, I can see Blachowicz getting the win for sure. Um, I mean, don't mess with success here. Uh, Blachowicz has made some strides with his wrestling and uh, his ground game, but there's no way that he has as good of uh, offensive wrestling or defensive wrestling as Corey Anderson. So if I'm Anderson, I stand with Blockowitz long enough for him to just slightly drop his guard and then boom, just dive in there, blast him to the canvas and just start going to work. Um, Anderson is active enough from top position that he should be able to avoid stand-ups And there's a possibility that he could just do enough damage that, uh, he just disheartens Blackowitz and ends up, uh, pulling off a a stoppage potentially from top position. So, uh, I'm going to side with Anderson to repeat history here, but if he, uh, decides that he's a standup fighter now, then that is a bit of a, an issue for me. And I could see Blackowitz having a path to victory. But overall, uh, I definitely feel like Anderson should get uh, the, the takedowns and the decision or potentially a ground-and-pound type of a uh, stoppage. So Anderson's going to be my pick. So that'll do it for our full event breakdown for UFC on ESPN Plus 25. If we have a free play to give out, make sure to follow at MMA OB Premium on Twitter because that's where we post them first. We can also notify you of our free bets via email alert if you prefer that method. Just send an email to picks at MMAoddsbreaker.com and we'll add you to our free bet mailing list. Special thanks to Bet DSI. Good luck, everyone, and hopefully the betting gods are on your side this weekend.